Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hello, Dave. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you? I am doing great. I'm doing great. We're in full-blown summer vacation mode right now. So we have water balloon battles and squirt gun battles and geocaching and ice cream for dinner. So life is good. See, here in the Northeast, we're still still wending our way through the end of the school year for public schools. So I've got two kids who are still, I think they got over a week left still. Yeah, that's sad. I feel I feel well, for them. You can, but then the flip side of this is your kids are back at school in like the middle of August. Right. And mine are not. Yes, that's true. That's true. And you have a graduate coming up, yes? I do. Although How exciting. I think Jack I guess. I think Jackson thinks he's been graduated for about a year and a half already. Well <laughs> He had he had senioritis midway through junior year. I think once you get accepted to the university and all of that is kind of, you know, tied up in a neat little bow, it's real hard to be motivated to keep doing high school. I don't disagree with that. The problem is this started in about December of 2018. Okay, well, you only have another week of it and then he's done. <laughs> That's true. That's true. God love him. Great kid. Yeah, yeah. And he's incredibly so- talented. Well, that's very kind of you. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It'll be a. It'll be a interesting first year of college. Exciting, exciting. Yeah. All right. So that topic has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about today. I was trying to think of a nice segue, and there is none. No. Um, so today we're going to be talking uh, about what matters to us when we're going to prosthetic appointments, and this is outside of kind of the care aspect of it, right? This is outside of the, I really want this foot or I like it when my sock is made this way. This just has to do kind of experientially. What what do you like? What matters to you when, when choosing a prosthetic facility, when deciding to, you know, maintain a relationship with one um, or what you like about where you go? Yeah. And um, I think that's a great way to frame it, Peggy. And it, it is just to reiterate, this is kind of, I don't like this term, but it's about the patient experience as opposed to the clinical care. And I think those two things together are what make it most likely that someone is going to stay or or leave a particular place. If you have bad patient experience, great care, um, you know, a patient might still stay. If you have fantastic patient experience and subpar care, I've seen many patients nevertheless stay because they like the facility. If you have uh, bad patient experience, bad care, you're probably leaving. And if you have great patient experience, great care, you're never leaving. Exactly. So, yeah, it's um, this is one that I just think is it's interesting to try to divorce this from the everyone expects and wants the greatest clinical care in the world. So that's kind of a given. I view that as if you're not doing that, if you're not getting that, then you know you should be looking always. So this is what are the other things, kind of the soft stuff around that, that are important to us. And they differ for everybody. You and I went back and forth and provided our top three, and they were different. And I think that that just highlights that this is a very individual feeling, and this is a very individual perspective, and it really matters depending on where you are in your life, um, what you're looking for, and what you respond to in terms of the patient experience. 
Yep, that's absolutely right. So do you want to kick it off? We we each chose three things. We said, what's our top three of things that matter to each of us? You want to start? I will start, yes. Uh, so my number one, all right, so I'm going to count backwards. So my number three is the ease of scheduling and the availability of appointments. Um, I tend to put things off. I tend to think last minute. And when I have a prosthetic issue, I need it taken care of immediately or as close to immediately as possible. So I need my prosthetic provider to be able to fit me in. If I call in the morning, I would like to be seen either that day or the next day. Um, that's just me. I know that that's asking a lot, but you know, that's, this is my perspective. So that's what I put down. Um, now number two, Dave is, has a lot to do with where I am right now in my life. Um, I have to take especially my little one to my prosthetic appointments with me because I, he's not in daycare. I don't really have a babysitter that's readily available. So he comes with me. I need and I appreciate when I take him to appointments where the facility is kid-friendly, where they have either toys that he can play with or they understand that kids move and kids talk and they don't expect him to come in and sit like a little businessman and not make a peep. Now, that's not to say that that I let him run wild and, and make a mess because I don't, but kids make noise. Kids uh, like to play with things. Um, and they require my attention. So I really need a facility that uh, understands that I need to divide my attention between, you know, getting the prosthetic care that I need and still making sure that my kid is both safe and entertained. Yeah, that's a good one, Peggy. It's, it's, I'm, I'm at a different stage of my life. So that one would not have occurred to me, but, um, I, I remember when I, when I owned my own facility, that, um, you know, we have people come in all the time with kids and it really does have a huge impact on the person who's, who, who needs the care if you're making it uncomfortable for them as it relates to their kids being on the premises. Yeah. If I feel like my kid, and this isn't just prosthetic, I'm going to take a step back. And I've been, I've had doctor's appointments where it was quite obvious that my kid was not welcome, you know, at my doctor's appointment with me. I didn't have a choice and I, I changed doctors, you know, I mean, he travels with me. He's good. He's, he's not a bad kid. Um, I mean, even yeah, if, he's he, just has a kid. An, he's even a if he has kid. an outburst, exactly. Um, I don't want to hear snide comments about, well, you really should have gotten a babysitter or what are you doing? You know, I, I don't want to hear that. He's my child. I need the care. He's coming with me. I'm still taking care of him during this time, but he has to feel just as welcome into that facility as I do. And you get bonus points if you have stickers or little toys or remember my kid's name when I walk in and turn on a cartoon for him. All of that gets you bonus points. Right. Right. Okay. You've got one more to go. Do I do. I do. I think, yes. Thank you. All right. Here we go. I need to make sure that the care and support that I'm receiving is completely non-judgmental. Um, you know, I know as, as many people in this country and amputees in particular, I think, you know, our weight fluctuates. I know when I'm in a fat leg. I know when I'm not in a fat leg. I don't need to be lectured by my prosthetist about, you know, well, it looks like you gained 12 pounds. You know, I, 
I don't want to hear it. What I need is, you know, your legs a little tight. Let's see what we can do to make you more comfortable. How can I help you achieve your goals? That's what I need. I don't need the judgment. I don't need, well, you should do this. Or have you thought about just running? Or you really should, you know, why don't you become a vegetarian? Or don't eat beef or whatever. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I want my leg fixed. I want to feel comfortable with where I am at that stage in my life without feeling like I'm being judged. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that that is a completely fair and appropriate ask in my view. It it is, but you'd be amazed how many times that that one actually becomes an issue. You know, when I start leaving appointments and again, not just prosthetic appointments, but when I leave a doctor feeling worse about myself, I I've come to realize that there's a real issue with that. Yes. Yeah. And, and and that requires some degree of self-awareness, right? Because the, I think the natural instinct when you're in a healthcare provider's office, when they start talking like that, the natural instinct is to, I think, reflexively assume there's something wrong with you. It's your fault. And you and I have talked about this before. Um, you know, there are there are very few times where a patient should be blamed. If a patient is actively disregarding medical advice and behaving in ways that are actually disruptive to the care that the clinician is trying to provide. That's, I think that's a relative, relatively rare circumstance. And it's, uh, there are ways to address that thoughtfully, but you know, nine times out of 10, um, you know, patients just struggle and they're aware of the fact that they're struggling and they don't need to be blamed for the fact that they've got issues. Exactly. And and you just need to be accepted for for where you are at that time in your life and supported to to reach whatever goals you want. And I don't want, you know, 5Ks and gym memberships and special diets thrown in my face when I go to a prosthetic facility. Yep, makes sense. All right. So what are yours, Dave? Okay. Um I never know how to order these. I just put them down in the order in which they go in my head. So I'm going to read them in, I guess, from broad, bottom to top in our show notes, because presumably the third thing I thought of might not have been quite as important as the first thing. So um, the first thing, uh, number three for me would be, how do non-clinical staff, staff treat me when I'm in the facility? So, you know, I, I think that in, you know, particularly the, how the front office person, the person, the receptionist, um, and any other assistance there, billing department personnel treat you goes a long way towards telling you about the facility and can have a hugely positive or negative effect on how you feel about the facility as a whole. Um, and this is this is something I became aware of as I've watched the evolution of healthcare in non-prosthetic uh, care and treatment. Um, seeing how urgent care centers, for example, tend to do patient intakes and how they respond to patients walking in the door, total strangers, not even recurring patients. Um, it's much more of a customer-centric, customer-friendly approach to care. And it makes an enormous difference in how you feel about the place. Um, and so I, I, I just think that this is one that if you've got uh, if you've got a healthcare facility, a prosthetic facility, where you walk in and the front desk person isn't really engaged, isn't making you feel good, the billing department is just going through the motions with you, uh, that's probably a pretty good indicator that 
at a leadership level in that organization, there's not a lot of attention paid or care given to what, you know, how should we treat our patients? And I just think it's a kind of a, I call it a, almost a leading indicator for is this a patient friendly place? Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's the first, it's kind of the first line of defense and the first, your first interactions are with the, the front desk people. And if, if they won't even look up from the computer and just push the sign in sheet and don't greet me, um, yeah, it, it puts me off. So absolutely. I understand that. Okay, good. Now I know I'm not completely insane. Um, number <laughs> two for me is, um, this is really built around, you know, obviously something that I've spent a lot of my life thinking about, which is reimbursement and reimbursement related issues. And I strongly believe that there should never be a financial surprise when you're dealing with a prosthetic facility. So really important to me that if I walk into any patient care facility, but especially a prosthetic facility, that if um, I'm going to owe something at that visit um, and in the future with respect to the item that's going to be delivered to me down the road, that that be made as clear to me as possible as early as possible. Um, I'm sure, Peggy, you've read the numerous stories over the last year. It's been a real hot button issue around surprise medical bills. There's actually, there's some legislation now kicking around the house around this. Um, but, you know, you should never be getting an invoice for $8,000 and have that be a, a shock to you. It should be something that's explained to you up front so that you can make informed decisions about what kind of care you're going to receive and whether you're going to choose to receive it from that specific place or not. And um, as out-of-pocket costs continue to rise or have continued to rise over the last decade, they've probably hit almost a maximum threshold at this point. And as deductibles continue to go up, um, you know, this becomes increasingly important. And I just, I have a very low tolerance uh, personally for a situation where you get hit with a surprise bill. It just, it should never happen. No thoughts about that? <laughs> I you cut out on me. I'm sorry. I heard I heard you say no thoughts about that, and I heard you talking about the surprise bills, but then it went dead for about ten seconds. Oh, okay, I apologize. So I was just simply asking if if uh, if you had any reaction to that. No, I totally agree. And actually, that one did not surprise me at all. If I if I was going to pick Dave's top three, I think I would have picked these three for you. Um, and I'm totally in agreement. No financial surprises, and that has to to do with the, the billing department and the communication uh, that they have with you. Yep, that's right. Okay, so we'll do number one. Here we Sounds go. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Um, I really want to be seen when I'm told I'm going to be seen, and I really want accurate time estimates about how long my appointment's going to take once they've assessed the situation. Um. I have a real problem with clearing my schedule to come into a place and then uh, sitting and waiting for 45 minutes to an hour while nothing happens. I understand that sometimes emergencies come up. That's fine. Come in, tell me I'm terribly sorry. There was an emergency. I've got a patient who's dealing with a really unique issue and we're going to be a little longer. Do you need to reschedule? That's fine. But just sitting there waiting in the in the great unknown doesn't make me happy. And I, I once I once drove 
two hours to a prosthetic facility, made special arrangements to be there early, left my house at 5 a.m. to get there. And the prosthetist came in an hour and a half after I arrived. And I'm like, why did I even bother coming? I mean, just, you know, got me fuming. So, um, you know, I I just have, I have a real low tolerance for that. Um, And I just, I think this is just basic courtesy. And, and again, it speaks to kind of the broader efficiency and thoughtfulness about the fact that your patients, um, you know, are not there for you at your beck and call. Your patients are taking time out of their day uh, because they need your help. And, you know, we should respect each other in that relation. Yeah, Dave, I totally agree. I think that it's just a matter of uh, basic respect. You respect the prosthetist time by being at your appointment on time. I'm always early. I'm sure you are always early as well. Um, Issues happen. Things come up. Uh, Communication goes a long way. If you know that the prosthetist is going to be late or that there's going to be an issue with your appointment, just give me a call when I'm on the way there. I've had that happen before as well. I would much rather know on my way there so I can make other plans than when I get there, make me sit for two hours, especially with a kid in a non-kid friendly office. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think these are really interesting, Peggy, and I'd be very interested to hear what other members of the Amped Army think about this. If they wanted to share with us their top threes, how would they do that? A good question. They could go to ampedlife.com for community and join our private network and start the conversation. They could find us on Facebook. They can find us on Twitter, or they can just send us a message, Dave. Awesome. Great. Well, Peggy, thanks for your thoughts on this. This was, uh, this was a fun topic to discuss, and I hope we get more feedback from the community. We'd love to hear what everyone else thinks. This was a fun one. All right, Dave, take care. Have a good week. You too. Bye.